0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: Worry is a failure to trust God. Don't worry about anything.
0: Pray about everything. Pastor Greg Laurie points out that worry is an excellent waste of time, energy, and emotion. We need to avoid it.
1: Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. The next time you're tempted to worry, pray instead. Turn your worries into prayers. This is the-
0: Bombeck was quoted as saying, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Matthew 6.27 is pretty frank too. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to overcome fear and worry. In this series, we're learning to adopt a biblical worldview. And we'll learn today that worldview doesn't include worry. We'll see, worry and faith are mutually exclusive. Day, the day when life
1: Let me start with a question. How many of you have ever been gripped by fear? You, yeah. <laughs> you know the feeling well. That, that your blood goes cold. The shiver down the backbone. Uh, your mouth goes dry. The hair in your head is standing up. In my case, that's one singular hair. But still, you know, it's a, a terrifying feeling. Maybe it happened when your life was in danger or you were gripped with the fear of death or as you're listening to this there's something you're afraid of right now. The amazing thing to me is we'll spend our hard earned dollars to be scared. You know we'll go to that super scary movie and then when the scene comes on that's a worst scene in the film we cover our eyes. Wait didn't you pay money to see that? Or you go to an amusement park and go on the most insane rides. A number of years ago I decided I am just done with roller coasters. I don't know that I ever really liked them, but I was on a roller coaster and I was at the very top right before the drop. I remember looking down and looking at people standing there looking up there about the size of ants and I thought I would give anything to be down there with them instead of being up here right now. And then the big drop and all oh, that was so fun. It wasn't fun. It was scary, right? So we know what that feeling is and then the thing that goes along with fear is worry. And there's so many things to be worried about. The state of our country, uh, the economy, of course, terrorism. What's going on in this crazy world we're living in right now? Maybe that's why one of the top Google searches recently was, is World War III near? Then there are the other fears that we have, the fear of flying. Uh, I read that uh, there's a lot of other things you probably should be afraid of. Uh, Did you know 600 Americans die each year from uh, falling out of their beds? So maybe you should have a fear of going to bed tonight. (laughs) Or uh, many die due to the fatal plunge down the stairs, the bite of sausage lodged in your throat, the tumble on the slippery sidewalk, and thinking, Greg, wait a second, I came to hear a message about overcoming it. You're giving me more things to be afraid of now. And then there are shark attacks. Uh, we have a lot of shark uh, activity now off of our beaches here in Southern California. I saw a video that was recently shot. And uh, there were some guys out doing stand-up paddle. You know what that is? You, know, you stand up with a board and you paddle to catch waves. And they were waiting for a wave and a, and a helicopter flew over. It was the Orange County Sheriff. Uh, and so this is the exact announcement they made, actually, of a transcription of it. So imagine you're out on the water on your stand-up board and you hear this ominous message from a loudspeaker of a helicopter. Direct quote. Uh, be advised that the state parks are asking you to make Uh, an immediate exit because you are surrounded by 15 great white sharks. (laughs) They're as close as a surf line. Just remain calm. (laughs) Thank you for your cooperation. (laughs) Why don't they just say, you're surrounded by 15 great white sharks. You're going to die. (laughs) Repeat this out loud after me. Our Father who art in heaven. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's bad enough to say one or two or five, 15 great white sharks. Then they could psych him out and play the Jaws theme over the loudspeaker. No, that'd be horrible. But a lot of things to be afraid of today. And then there's the fears about our own life, maybe our family or our personal health. It's funny, with all that's going on in the world, I read that the number one thing that people worry about is their appearance, their appearance. So it's like, yeah, I may be eaten by a shark or, you know, killed by a nuke, but how do I look in this outfit, right? (laughs) It's funny how we are. So there's all these things that we worry about that don't help us at all, actually. In fact, uh, John Curtis, director of the University of Wisconsin Stress Management Institute says, quote, I believe that 90% of stress is brought on by not living in the present moment and worrying about what's already happened, what's going to happen, or what could happen. So here's what you need to know worry is not productive. And in fact, worry is a failure to trust God. It's interesting that the word worry comes from an old German word that means to strangle or to choke. Sometimes my grandkids like to choke me from behind, they find this entertaining. And uh, they'll come up and say, Papa, we want to choke you. No, don't do that. Because uh, sometimes, you know, I, I pass out. That's, no, I haven't really, but, <laughs> you know, but that's what worry does it chokes you out. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. I think we should take a cue from the Australians. These are very relaxed people and very friendly people. And whenever you ask an Aussie for something, maybe directions or anything else, after they give you what you ask for, they'll say this, no worries, mate. Hey, thanks a lot, man. No worries, mate. Good on you. And I, I like that. No worries, mate. And that's actually theologically correct. So let's try to stop worrying. You say, well, it's easy for you to say, well, I know, but I want you to consider who wrote the words we're about to read. They were written by the Apostle Paul under adverse circumstances. He had gone to Rome to preach the gospel and had said was arrested and he didn't know what his future held. He might be acquitted, he might be beheaded. This could be his last day. He knew nothing about his future, but he gives to us some of the most inspiring words found on the pages of scripture. A series of verses that every believer should know and even commit to memory. I'm talking about Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, and we'll read down to verse 8. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing or literally, don't worry about anything. But in everything, my prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Look at this promise. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I love these verses. This is a guy who, as I said, was incarcerated, yet he is able to say, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. By the way, that is a command from God Himself. So understand this. Rejoicing is a scriptural command and it's not a suggestion. Let me put it another way. To not rejoice is disobedience to God. But we will justify worry and we'll say, no, it's okay for me to worry because I'm in a difficult situation. Well, in many ways we all are, some more than others. But maybe we just all need to lighten up a little bit when we can. You know, I think all of us know people that are just a downer to be around. It's Debbie Downer and her husband Bobby Buzzkill, right? (laughs) So whatever's going on, they see the dark side of it. No matter what, they, they, they can't appreciate it. You know, you have a great meal. Man, that was a great meal, wasn't it? I am so full. And Bobby Buzzkill will say, yeah, it's too bad there are people starving in other parts of the world right now. Thank you, Bobby, for living up to your name, Buzzkill. (laughs) Oh, look at this beautiful sunset. Look what the Lord made. Well, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, says Debbie Downer. Will you stop already? (laughs) You know, you can find joy. You can find humor you can find something to rejoice about in some very difficult circumstances. Anyone can rejoice when things are going reasonably well. But when you're facing adversity or sickness or hardship or death, and then you rejoice, well, then you are obeying God.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. And today's message is called The Biblical Worldview on Overcoming Fear and Worry. Really practical stuff. Let's continue with Pastor Greg's three-step biblical plan for overcoming worry.
1: So now Paul is going to tell us how to overcome worry. This is the biblical worldview on overcoming fear and worry. Three elements I want to bring to your attention. It's right praying, verses 6 to 7. It's right thinking, verse 8. And finally, right living, verse 9. So right praying, right thinking, right living. Let's start with the first one, right praying. The next time you're tempted to worry, pray instead. Turn your worries into prayers. Uh, This is called developing a conditioned reflex as compared to a natural reflex. We all have natural reflexes. You know when the doctor tells you to cross your uh, legs or Uh, And then he hits you with that little device and the little thing your leg shoots out. It's a natural reflex. It's amazing. Uh, Or if you touch something hot, you immediately pull back. You don't have to teach that even to a toddler. They know when they touch something hot, it hurts. They pull their hand back. That's a natural reflex. But then there's a conditioned reflex. Now that is something you're taught to do. And after you've done it so many times, it becomes natural to you. For instance, standing during the National Anthem. That's a show of respect. That's a conditioned reflex. I was taught to do that. Or putting my hand over my heart when I say the Pledge of Allegiance. That's a conditioned reflex. I learned to do that. Now I automatically do that. Uh, You could compare it to driving a car. Do you remember the first time you drove a car? What a mystery a car was. I was out on the road the other day and I saw a car ahead of me on top of the car. It said, student driver. I gave wide berth to that car. (laughs) Because I know they don't know what they're doing yet. And sure enough, they're driving along, they stop for no reason. The right turning signal is on, they turn left, so you give them a lot of space. They're figuring it out. And I remember what it was like for me when I first learned how to drive. And the thing that was really hard for me to figure out was a manual transmission. Because it's like, okay, you push the clutch in and then you let on the gas, but you have to be in gear and the brake pedal and the clutch are different. Don't hit one instead of the other. So you're jerking and stopping. And But after a while, you get in your car, you're driving, you're eating a burrito, you're talking on the phone, you're changing the radio, all at the same time, of course. This is not recommended, but... You know, the idea is that it comes naturally because you taught yourself to do it. You say, okay, what's the point of this? So here's our natural reflex. When something scary comes, when something threatening comes, when something that alarms us comes, we freak out and we need to teach ourselves to pray. The natural reflex is panic. The condition reflex, and I might add, the biblical response is to pray. So Paul says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And I like the fact that he says, in everything by prayer. Let your request be made known to God. Verse six. He did not say in only the big things. In only the super big gnarly scary things in prayer. No, in everything. God's interested in big things. God's interested in little things. God's interested in whatever concerns you. Because sometimes little things turn into big things rather quickly, don't they? Uh, Little problems can suddenly become big problems. Maybe you're struggling a little bit with drinking and and it seems that you're getting a hold of you and you think, well I'm okay, I'll I'll take care of this on my own, Or, or you have this little issue of looking at porn on the internet and it's becoming worse. A little thing's becoming a big thing. You need to start praying right now and ask God to help you deal with that situation or you watch your children grow up and, and when they're really small, they look so sweet and innocent, you think, do I even need to pray for them? They're, they're wonderful and then they get a little older and then they hit the terrible twos and, and then they become uh, even a bit older and then one day they're preteen and all kinds of strange things start happening and preteens are like teenagers today, aren't they? You need to keep bringing your children to Jesus from the earliest to the later years. Don't ever stop praying for your kids. Big things, little things, in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Notice it says, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, that's an important element, before the prayer is answered. Because I take time to worship my Father and remind myself of His greatness and power. And in doing so, I automatically put my own problems into their proper perspective. When I see God in His glory, I see my problems the way I should see them. Big God, small problems. Big problems, small God. That is why the Lord taught me in the Lord's prayer to pray as follows. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes on uh, and gets to petitions eventually. But the point is it starts off which is acknowledging and recognizing the awesomeness and greatness of God and that I am giving Him praise even before my prayers are answered. We need to pray that He will have His will in our life and that we rejoice in the fact that He's in control.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with some good insight on right praying thinking and living and tomorrow he'll have more insight as he continues this study called the biblical worldview on overcoming fear and worry now in Philippians 4 we find Paul's words telling us to be anxious for nothing well before we close for today pastor Greg shed some light on that passage
1: and everything by prayer and supplication, praying for others with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. By the way, that word there for keep in the original language is guard. The idea is, is if you put everything in God's hands and trust Him and rejoice even before you know the outcome, God Will post a sentry outside of your heart. Sergeant Peace is guarding your heart. Have you ever experienced it? In the most crazy circumstances, you have peace in the middle of a storm. That is the peace that passes all human understanding. And it's a peace that God can give you no matter what you're facing right now.
0: Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Biblical Worldview on Overcoming Fear and Worry. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 0 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.